0: so let us go to the lord in prayer heavenly father we are reminded even of the floods that came unexpectedly the floods that came unexpectedly the other day how things can change so dramatically we pray, Lord, that today you might help us to understand that whatever circumstances we are in, as the choirs reminded us, even now you are with us. Even now your presence is with us and we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation comes only in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Lord, I pray that especially in these most recent events in Dixon County that There will be many who will be saved because of these circumstances. We pray for others who are struggling today. We pray for some of our own dear friends who are deeply, gravely sick. We pray that you might raise them up from the sick bed and bring them back. We pray for those who are joining us online who cannot be with us. We pray that in these troubled days, many will be saved and turn their heart to Jesus Christ and be saved. So now we gather as the families of First Baptist Church again to hear your word so that we might be the kind of families that honor Jesus and glorify God. We pray that you might be pleased with us as a church family, but more than that, we pray that you might be pleased with the families of this church. That you might be pleased with the parents and the way that they are bringing their children up in the instruction of God. We pray for grandparents who support and all that we all can do along with helping our adult children. We, We bring the families of our church before you. We thank you for these days that we've gathered together to think seriously about our families. And may today the Holy Spirit of God again instruct us and show us the truths that come from your word that help us to know how to live as families. May the boys and girls who are in this room and the students who are in this room. Also hear your word clearly and may they practice your word also in their lives. So we thank you for the joy of knowing Jesus and we thank you for forgiveness of sin. Oh, the glory of knowing Christ in the midst of all the troubles of life and the joys of life. And we thank you for it all. And we pray now that you would help us during this time of looking at your word together and remove the distractions and keep us focused on what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. Good to see all of you who are here. I'm Pastor Mike. If you're with us today, may the Lord bless you if you're a guest with us. These days we're talking about the families of our church, and we call this what Joshua said, a famous verse in the Old Testament. As an old man, he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so I've called our families here as a church to gather together and for us to think some these days on how we care for our children's souls. I believe it is in the heart of every parent who's in this room that you care about your children's soul. I believe that it's in the heart of every grandparent that you care about your children's souls. So in doing that, we need some guidelines from God's Word. Where do we go to find specific instructions? This isn't all of them, but this is some. Where do we go to find some instruction on how to help our boys and girls to know what god expects of their life well boys and girls you're here today and i'm glad you've got your bibles and uh, thank you so much for being here some of the boys and girls wrote me a note uh this last week and brother ken brought them to me handwritten notes it was so good to get a handwritten note from you thank you for your encouragement uh, to old pastor mike i appreciated it and you just write me anytime you want I would love to write you. And if you'll put your address on it, I will write you back. And I would love to do that with you. So today we come to Proverbs chapter 3. And we continue to think about a very important truth today. Today we talk about how to treat other people fairly. Today we talk about our neighbor. Today we talk about how we're to treat other people not about how we think other people ought to treat us. So the Word of God is very clear for us on this subject. So in Proverbs chapter 3, I want you to find your place there, verse number 27. But also, uh, while, you're, while you have your Bible open, I want you to also please keep your place in Proverbs 3. But I need you to also turn to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. And I want to read just a few verses from the Lord Jesus that will go along with this. Uh, that we're looking at today about the importance of treating other people fairly. Matthew 22. So find your place first, Proverbs chapter 3. And second, uh, while you have your mark in Proverbs 3, find Matthew 22. And we'll be reading there in verse number 36 and following. So we're there now. Excuse me. So Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in verse number 27. It begins... These words are coming now from our father, my son. This is what a father and a mother say to their children. My son, in verse 21, it's continuing on. Now we continue our thought. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. When it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back and tomorrow I will give it. When you have it to give. Verse 29, do not Do not devise harm against your neighbor while he lives securely beside you. And do not contend with a man without cause, if he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence, and do not choose any of his ways, for the devious are an abomination to the Lord. And he is intimate, that is, God is intimate with the upright. Please notice verse 33 the curse of the lord is on the house of the wicked but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous <clears throat> though he scoffs at the scoffers yet he gives grace to the afflicted the wise will inherit honor but fools display dishonor now with your <clears throat> with your finger there keep that place and we turn now to Matthew 22 <clears throat> one of the Pharisee lawyers asked Jesus this question, verse 36, Teacher, what is the greatest, what is the great commandment in the law? And the Lord Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And this is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Now, Heavenly Father, bless the reading of Your Word and may the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher today as we listen together as families to what You have to say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So our focal truth today is this. Godly parents treat others fairly and teach their children to do the same, that is, to treat others fairly. Boys and girls learn how to treat their friends fairly because they see their parents and their grandparents treat other people fairly. This is the lesson for all of us who are, <clears throat> who are parents and leaders of homes in this room today. We've already learned some valuable lessons that we must teach our children. Let me just review Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The first lesson is this. Godly parents teach their children to fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Number two, godly parents teach their children not to be enticed by the ways of sinners. Chapter one, verse 10 of Proverbs. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Number three, godly parents teach their children because they do this also to trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. Also, godly parents teach their children, because they do it, to treasure God's Word. Proverbs three 15, uh, thirteen. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom... and the man who gains understanding. And now we come to the next of these lessons we teach our children. Oh, this is very important for us today. Godly parents treat others fairly, and they teach their children to treat others fairly. I begin by asking you a few questions today. And boys and girls, this is for you as well as for your parents and grandparents. Do you treat other people fairly? Do you treat them fairly? I did not ask, do you treat them fairly if they treat you fairly? I did not ask, do you treat them fairly because they're your friend? I did not ask, do you treat them fairly because they're in your family? I asked, do you treat all people, other people, whoever they are, do you treat them fairly? And parents, would you say if you were being very honest today, and I hope you are, That you have sought with all of your heart to be an example to your children, or if you're a grandparent here, also to your grandchildren, that you are a fair-minded person. And that you treat people fairly. You may not agree with everything that they're doing or saying or believing, but you treat them fairly. You You are a person who treats other people fairly, young and old, regardless of their age. Would you say that your home, your family, is known as a family that treats others fairly? A lot of family reputations in Dixon. People know about you, know about your family, know about mine. Are you you known as a a family that treats other people fairly? And then finally, uh, are you known as a person of... Fairness and helpfulness toward others regardless of their circumstances. Well, all of these things are important. We read earlier the Lord Jesus reminded us. Mr. Metcalf, bring this down just a little bit, would you? We're we're reminded this morning that the Lord Jesus teaches us that the two commandments upon which all of the Word of God stand are you love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself. So, all of us have relationships of all kinds in this room. From our family, they just go out like uh, circles. Just like throwing the rock in the water and they just, the, the circle just goes out. We have all kinds of relationships that are, uh, the immensity of the circles of your relationships in this room is pretty amazing. You, you impact a lot of people by the way you live. So today we learned these four principles about how to treat others fairly. What are these observations? Well, let me first of all say them to you. And I'm just simply going through verses 27 through verse number 31. And we're going to take a few minutes and look at each verse because they're very important for us all. If we're going to learn to treat other people fairly, and you might say, well, Pastor Mike, I don't know what do I, how do I treat someone else fairly? That's why we're here. That's what God's Word is for, and this is what your mothers and fathers and your grandparents must teach you, boys and girls. And these lessons are for all of us, no matter what our age here in this room today. Number one, godly parents do good to their neighbor, and they teach their children to do good to their neighbor. Number two, godly parents do not harm their neighbor, and they teach their children not to harm their neighbor. Number three, godly parents do not fight with their neighbor. And they teach their children not to fight with their neighbor. And finally, godly parents do not envy violent people. And they teach their children not to envy violent people. So these things become very important for us today. So we take each one of these for a moment and think about them together. Number one, godly parents do good to their neighbor and they teach their children to do good to their neighbor. We read in verses 27 and 28, look at them again. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. When it is in your power to do it, do not say to your neighbor, go and come back. And tomorrow I will give it when you have it to give. So we see here, do good, do not harm, do not fight, and do not envy. That's the simple message of how we learn to treat others fairly. And all of this, we'd be reminded the Ten Commandments help us to do. The Ten Commandments are the guide and really the, the boundaries around which we treat our relationship with God, but also our relationship with our neighbor. So if I'm going to learn how to treat my neighbor, you see the the law of God, the Ten Commandments, the Ten Words, inform these words that Solomon is giving uh, to us that he learned from his father David. And now we teach our children. We teach our children to do good, number one. Let's think about doing good. Peter was talking with... um, Gentiles who were just learning about Jesus Christ at a place called, at Cornelius' house. This soldier had had seen a vision and uh, the vision said, call for Peter to come. And Peter came and preached the gospel to them. And as he was doing that in Acts chapter 10, he described something about Jesus Christ and the way he lived. These Gentiles would have known nothing. This is the first time they're hearing All about the truth of Jesus Christ. You know what he said? Jesus Christ, listen, went about doing good. If I call myself a follower of Jesus, I must go about doing good. That's the way I live. That's the attitude I have toward all people. Everyone is my neighbor. Whether I agree with them or not. Whether I like their lifestyle or not. Whether I like the way they look or dress. Whether I like their language that comes out of their mouth. I have neighbors all around me that starts, by the way, at home. And all of my neighbors are around me. And the Lord Jesus went about doing good. Do you go about, as a follower of Jesus, doing good? Are you known as someone who does good? Well, the Word of God has a lot to say about it. The Lord Jesus reminds us, we call it the golden rule. I really would prefer to call it the relationship rule. The relationship rule. You might mark it down, notice, we don't have time to turn to all of these, but in Luke chapter 6, verse 31, the Lord Jesus said this Listen, boys and girls, listen, students, listen, adults of all ages. Luke 6, 31, talking about doing good. Well, how do I do good? Well, I must treat others the same way that you want to be treated. What's the boundaries by which I treat other people good? How do I do good to others? Well, I treat them, as the Lord Jesus teaches us, I treat them the same way that I want to be treated. Some of us have protested and been upset and said, well, they shouldn't have treated me like that. All right, turn it around. To everybody else, to everybody else, treat them the way... You want to be treated. You want to be treated with respect. So show respect. You want to be treated with with honor. You want to be recognized. Then treat other people with honor and respect. And when someone comes to you with a need, be ready to help them. Let me just read you a few verses that are very important. Titus 3.1 says, be ready for every good work. I ask every follower of Jesus here. I ask every parent in this room. Is your family, are you ready for every good work? When Paul was talking to Timothy and giving him instruction as a preacher of what he was to preach to the church. Now I'm the preacher in this church speaking to you. I'll I'll remind you of what Paul said to Timothy to do. And I would speak it to you when he was reminding Paul to speak to the rich of the church. And that's all of us here compared to those of the world, all around the world. 2 Timothy 6.18 says, Say to the rich in the church... So I'm saying to the rich in the church, 2 Timothy 6.18, Do good. Be rich in good works. Rich in good works. Be generous. And be ready to share. That's what we teach boys and girls. The first way you do good for someone is you share. The first thing you do is you're, you're generous. The first thing you do is you learn to give. I ask you today... As parents, are you modeling in your life? Do your children see in you that you do good to to your neighbor? So we read first of all, "Do, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. Who is it due? Everyone. We do good to all. Not just those who are of the household of faith. We do good to all. That's what Christians do. But then he goes on and he says something very interesting here. He says, do good to those To whom it is due when it's in your power, don't say to them, come back and, and, and I'll do it for you tomorrow. Don't delay. This is the idea. You do it now. Maybe I should say it like this. Followers of Jesus Christ are first responders in doing good. Followers of Jesus Christ are first responders in doing good. We're not the last there. We're the first there. That's what we do. We are those who do good. We're known as doing good. Galatians 6.10 says, Christian brothers and sisters, godly parents in this room, godly families, while you have opportunity, do good to all people. What do you do? You use your whatever you have that they need. If you have it to give, give it to them. What is it? Well, it might be money. It might be your time. Oh, It's easier sometimes to give the money than the time. Oh, Pastor Mike, I'm busy. Don't you know how busy I am? If you could see my calendar, I'm busy. Yes, and that neighbor comes and knocks. They probably don't knock anymore, but you get that text message. You get pinged, don't you? Or you get a call or you get an alert on your email. And your neighbor's asking for you to help them. Will you tell them to come back tomorrow? Or will you give out of your resources of money, time? Maybe it's your training. It might be your experience and your background. They're coming to you because you know how to help them. They don't know how to do it. So it might be your training. It might be your money. It might be your time. It might be just your relationship. You being there. You see the godly are ready for every good work. We're ready We're ready for Jesus to come, and until Jesus comes, we're ready to work for the Lord and do good to all people. That message in our day and time is so crucial. Because the world these days isn't about doing good to anybody, but your friend and your, your own acquaintances and those who agree with you. So the believer in Jesus Christ and the godly family does good. I love this sweet verse. It's one of my favorites that describes the nature of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is why we follow Jesus Christ. That soldier came to the Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter 8 and he said, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home. Fearfully tormented. He's lying paralyzed. He's he's afraid. He's paralyzed. He doesn't know what to do. And Jesus said, I will come right now and heal him. That's the sweetness of Jesus. That's the sweetness of the church. When we're right with God. That's the sweetness of God's people. I'll come right now. I'll stop what I'm doing. I'll stop my activities. I'll bring my children. and We were all on this event. But we'll stop now and come and help you. Oh, you say, Pastor Mike, that's putting everybody else first. You got it. That's right. That's what you do. You love your neighbor as yourself. You put their needs first. You look out for them. You don't look out for your own interests only, but for the interests of your neighbor. That's what Paul shared with the Philippian church. Number two, godly parents do not harm their neighbor and they teach their children not to harm Their neighbor. Notice verse 29: Do not devise harm against your neighbor while he lives securely beside you. Are you planning some secret meetings to harm somebody? Have you got on your text and you've texted with some other students and you're going to, you've got a plan to harm somebody's students? Have you sent out the Word secretly for some of your friends to gather? By the way, do you do good to one another at home? Secondly, do you plan harm at home? Is, is your home a harmful place to live because people do harm to each other? The Word of God tells us that we are not to devise harm against our neighbor. I'm asking you today, are you planning secret things for your neighbors? One of the saddest verses in all of the Word of God is... Mark chapter 14, Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went off to the chief priests in order to betray the Lord Jesus. And they were glad when they heard that he was willing to betray the Lord. And they promised to give him money in the last line of Mark 14, 11. And he began, that is, Judas began seeking how to betray him at an opportune time. Oh, you say, well, these other people have done me great harm. So I'm going to do them great harm. But you see, the godly do not secret the godly. If you call yourself a spiritual man or woman, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you don't participate in secret planning to destroy other people. You do not seek to destroy their reputation because you love your neighbor as yourself. You do not seek to destroy their family. You do not seek to destroy their marriage. You do not seek to destroy the credibility of your boss and other leaders in your life just because you don't like their personality or the way they do things. The ungodly secretly plan to harm the innocent. That's why early in Proverbs chapter 1, we read these words in verse 10, don't be enticed by sinners. And verse 11 is what those sinners say to you. Come, let us lie in wait for blood and let us ambush the innocent without cause. Are you one of those who is planning harm to your neighbor, if you take the Ten Commandments alone and use them as your guide, here's how you don't harm your neighbor. You don't steal from them. Here's how you don't harm your neighbor. You don't commit adultery. You don't commit sexual sin against your neighbor. Here's how you you don't harm your neighbor. You don't uh, covet what they have. You don't lie about them. You don't lie about them. You don't gossip about them. You maintain integrity in your words. You speak the truth. You do not speak to harm them. You do not harm them by ignoring them. You do not ignore them by avoiding them. They're included. You open your circle of friends. You students, when someone seems left out, you don't harm them by isolating them and letting them be by themselves. You bring them in and make them apart with the rest of them. All of the students. You boys and girls, when you see someone all alone, you, you, join, you bring them and let them join you. This is a very important question in the day in which we live because there are people who plan great harm for others. Especially who don't agree with them on politics or other kinds of subjects. You see, my neighbor is my neighbor regardless of whether they agree with me or not. And I have the responsibility, first of all, to help them whatever they need. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Number two, I'm not going to harm them. I am not going to harm them. And I'm not going to harm those in my family. Well, Pastor Mike, if you knew what my kids had done, that's not the point. So godly parents do good to their neighbors and godly parents do no harm. And I could spend a long long time on this one. The Lord Jesus said something very interesting. He said to His disciples, and it's for all of us who are disciples, "Be Be as wise as a serpent, but as harmless as a dove. Boys and girls, you ought to talk to your mom and dad about that verse today. What does it mean to be wise like a serpent? but as harmless as a dove. That's what followers of Jesus are to be like in the world in which we live. Godly parents, thirdly, do not fight with their neighbor and teach their children the same. Not to be fighters. Since we're speaking about the home, we have a number of of police officers in our church. A large number of calls that police officers deal with have to do With fights at the house. With domestic violence. We have hotlines for it and it's very important. If you're suffering and you're listening to me, if you're suffering from domestic violence and you're in a position right now where you are being harmed, you must let people know. You must let people know. Let those you trust know. It's unacceptable for you to live like that. You don't have to live like that. But oh the sadness of fights at home. Strife is hatred towards your neighbor. Fighting with your neighbor is hatred. And in some homes, it's a glorified thing. Fighting makes you a a real man. If you're a a real man, you're going to fight, boy. You're going to be strong. You're going to come after those people and straighten them out. Proverbs 23 says, Keeping away from strife is an honor for a man. But any fool, any fool will quarrel. Any fool will quarrel. But it is an honor for a man or woman not to strive or fight. Like charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. You see somebody stirring it up, you see a foolish man or woman. You see somebody at home stirring it up, Boys and girls, you respect your parents. You don't fight with your parents. Parents, you don't fight with your kids. You love them and discipline them properly with respect. Proverbs 26, 26, 25, An arrogant man stirs up strife. Mark it down. Whoever's fighting is a proud, arrogant person. Whomever you're fighting with. For our day, we need to hear it. The works of the flesh clearly include strife or fighting, Galatians chapter 5. And Paul the Apostle made it clear to all of us who are followers of Jesus in Romans 12, As far as is possible with you, be at peace with all men. We are not to fight. And the Lord Jesus, our blessed Lord Jesus taught us how to do this because He never fought. I read you from Peter's words, While being reviled, the Lord Jesus did not revile in return. Just because, students, somebody sends you something ugly on your phone doesn't mean you have to send them something ugly back. Just because somebody at work says something to you that you think is across the line doesn't mean you have to return in like manner. The Lord Jesus, when He was reviled, did not revile in return. And when He suffered, and by the way, He was beaten severely. While He suffered, He uttered no threats, but kept entrusting Himself to Him who judges righteously. You see, the godly family, the godly family does good to their neighbor. The godly family does no harm to their neighbor. The godly family does not fight nor lift up fighting as if it's some wonderful uh, virtue that we all ought to do. We run away from fighting. We avoid it. We trust God with these things. And our homes are a place of peace, not a place of war. And finally, godly parents do not envy violent people and treat their children the same. Now you watch a lot of shows on all these devices. Boy, all kinds of all kinds of things. You can watch all kinds of movies, you can watch all kinds of shows that highlight the violent. What is the fascination with watching people treat other people violently? What is the what is it? It's something in our flesh. There is somehow this odd, strange desire that we think, boy, I'd like to be powerful like that, would you? If you desire power, there's something already wrong with you in your soul. If you want power, if that's what you're all about, power and control, you don't fear God. If your family is a place where there's envy and Who are glorified. All the ones who are glorified are the ones who can really be tough. Really right on the edge of being violent. We see the Word of God tells us clearly, Do not envy evil men. And do not desire to be with them. For their minds devise violence and their lips talk of trouble. The Word of God says, Solomon saw a sad thing, Ecclesiastes 4. I saw the tears of the oppressed, and they had no one to comfort them, and on the side of their oppressors was power. Parents, you have power, use your, use your power wisely. For there is someone who has power over you. Power. That's what everybody in the world's after, not humility power at school the ones who run the show they have the power don't run with those who have the power do not let your heart envy sinners you know what envy is boys and girls envy means that you want to be like somebody else coveting means you want to have what somebody else has a person or things or their family or whatever but envy Oh, envy is a desire. I want to be like that person. And the Word of God warns us here, do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. I hope in your home, I hope in your home, your home is known as a place where the people in the home do good. You're a godly family. You do good for all your neighbors. All of them. You do no harm to your neighbors. You do not fight with your neighbors, including each other. And you do not envy those who are the wicked. So what do we do with all this today? What do we remember as we finish today? Well, number one, doing good to our neighbor is not an option, it's an obligation. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are now a follower of Jesus Christ. That means that you said, Lord, that means you do what Jesus Christ has done. And the Lord Jesus went about doing good. Therefore, church, go do good. Go do good. Do good in the morning. Do good at noon. Do good at night. Do good when you're young. Do good when you're middle-aged. Do good when you're old. Boys and girls, you find a way to do good to someone today. It might be to your mom and dad. It might be to your brothers or sisters. Oh heavens, would that be a good thing if you did that for your brothers and sisters? Do good. Do something good for someone else That would honor and please Jesus. And I say all along with this, what God's Word says here. If you can do good to your neighbor today, don't delay. Do it today. Drop what you're doing and go do it. You say, oh, my soul. Is that really what God's Word is saying? Well, I just... Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back, and tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. If you have it with you, do it now. Not tomorrow. You may miss your opportunity when your neighbor comes your way. And your doing good to that neighbor may lead them to follow Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I must remind you as we finish today, dear friends, that God looks upon homes. He looks upon the godly home and He looks upon the ungodly home and there's a response to a godly home. I will read only, let the Word of God be heard. The curse of the Lord, verse 33, is on the house of the wicked. Hear the Word of God. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked. You see, when the wicked... When the wicked who do not know Jesus Christ, their home, there is a curse because there is a curse on sin. Unforgiven. The sinful home has a curse on it because of the sinfulness, unrepentant sinfulness of those who lead that home. Are you here today and you are a follower of Jesus Christ? Well, here's the good news. He blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Oh, I don't have very much at my house. Oh, but you have the blessing of the Lord on your dwelling How great you should take that joy. How much you should be blessed by that. Verse 34, though He scoffs at the scoffers, that is God scoffs at the scoffers, He gives grace to the afflicted. He will help you in your family. You see, God resists those who do harm to their neighbor, but He rewards those who do good to their neighbor. So what do we do? What are some things you can do as a family as we leave today? Well, number one, go do good to someone today. We've got some opportunities to do good for someone today. Maybe it's someone at the grocery store. Maybe it's a total stranger. They'll never see you again, perhaps. They may never know that you do it. It's a total stranger. But you know the need they have. Take care of it. Take care of it. That's what we do as a church. We take care of it. In the name of Jesus, we do good as a family Perhaps you take your children, parents, along with you, and you go do some good for someone. You, do, you, you sacrifice. In fact, you tell the boys and girls in your home, look, we're not going to spend this on ourselves. We're going to take this money and we're going to do whatever it is. Take them somewhere and let them see you as a parent doing good deeds. Do it as a family. Be a family of good works. That's what godly families do. And also, I would say to you, it's time for a discussion with your children about who is their neighbor. And when you have that discussion, it will help some of us in this room to remember who our neighbor is. I I didn't mention it earlier. I I neglected to say it, but I I must say it as I leave. Thinking about this matter of being hostile and treating other people in a harmful way, On electronic things, I I, I neglected to say it, but it was a sad thing. Not long ago, uh, a teenager was talking with me, and we were just talking about uh, all the things that you have to do with various uh, devices and all the different internet and all the things that I don't really know about. But this person was educating me on it. And then this student said, who's a believer, "I I I don't ever look at my mother's Facebook page. I said, oh, you don't? She said, no, I'm quite embarrassed by what my mother puts on her Facebook page. I hope your children aren't embarrassed by the way you're living, parents. I hope that your children see in you the fact that you do good to everyone. That you plan no harm to anyone. That you do not fight with anyone. And that you do not focus and desire and envy. They don't see in you that you're trying to be like the wicked powerful of the world. You, They see that you want to be like Jesus. Well, as a family, we, we need to have a talk about who's our neighbor. Especially in the noisiness of the day in which we live. When people are divided so many ways... You know, my mama taught me you're supposed to sit down and show respect to someone when they have a different opinion. I'm sure most of your mothers told you the same thing. So whether other people do that or not, we as Christians must learn to be good, to not fight, to not devise evil for our neighbor, and not to envy. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. When it is in your power to do it.